I want me some glory hope. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank you in every Glory Hole secret for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. I am pumped up and excited for another weekend of action-packed battles, mistake-filled incompetency, mostly shit-show waste <laughs> of our time, and no, I am not talking about another weekend under the Biden administration. I'm talking about preseason football, baby. Hey, Bo Cephas, send a copy of this episode to every member of our government because they clearly need a reminder of what it looks like and sounds like to be the best in the world at what you do. I am pretty sure their email is still we suck at everything.com. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when they need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate, with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray, and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain! And coming this fall, FGH can be found on the one, the only, DallasCowboys.com. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cow. 
choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Leaving Atlantis by Clown Shoes Brewery. Oh, yeah. In the great city of Boston, Massachusetts. I rated it a 3.75 out of 5 stars. It is a fantastic IPA, and I would expect nothing less from the great people at Clown Shoes Brewing. And speaking, Longhorn, of leaving sinking places, uh, America got the fuck out of Afghanistan this past week, and no matter what your feelings are on it, there was one piece of video of people trying to literally ride the airplane out of town on the outside of the fucking plane. Women and men both. So again, no matter what you think of the situation overall, I just want to address the Karens of this country right now. You self-righteous cunts. Sit here and bitch, moan, and complain. Virtue signal and race gaslight all day long on social media and sit and cluck with all your fellow hens and your little groups at Jason's Deli at lunch about how bad the country is. Well, ladies, I'm here to tell you that, yeah, we're not perfect. Far from it, in fact. I don't think anybody would argue with that. But it's time for all of you to realize that, at least in this country, you're allowed to do all that bullshit and your voices are heard. And if you watch that video, you realize that you could be living in a country where the goddamn house cast demands get more consideration than yours do. So the next time you get all uppity with a poor teacher that's working the fucking carpool lane at your kid's school because they make you fucking wait, heaven forbid, your turn for the protection of other students and you tell them, how dare you make me wait? Or you want a virtue signal on social media about the dumbest, most irrelevant shit possible. Or you just show up your fat ass on the scene of a car accident with your stupid short haircut and tell the officer how dramatic it was for you to witness that fender bender. Just know this, Karen. You're goddamn lucky to live here, just like we all are. And instead of all your negativity that you fucking constantly spew, because in truth you're only upset with your own shitty choices in line, you could start spreading some positive thoughts and thankfulness that you weren't trying to ride the goddamn landing gear to get the fuck out of Dodge before many, many atrocities happen to you. So from all of us in America, do better, Karens, or just shut the fuck up. Signed sincerely, everyone. Yeah, Karen, just put on as many masks as it takes for you to just be muzzled to complete silence, okay? Just do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, and now we're going to get into the podcast. We're going to go over the NFC and AFC South divisions. You know how we do it by now, preseason, baby. Two divisions per week. We're going to give you winners, losers, and the best bets so you make all the money, baby. But right now, we got to make some money. And to do that, here's this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by CopperGimmick.com. Have you seen those commercials with those old-ass athletes like Brett Favre and Jerry Rice when they walk onto a football field to play two-hand touch and they're wearing like 19 fucking copper braces all over their body? I can't think of anything more pathetic than seeing two of the best players to ever step foot on an NFL field peddling this geriatric bullshit, but apparently the good people over at CopperGimmick.com are ready to up the ante with their brand new product, the Copper Jockstrap. That's right, finally a ball koozie that will keep your man berries feeling as good as the rest of your old ass body, I guess. So if your spermaries are headed towards the infirmary, just slide this specially made jockstrap on and oh my god, your sugar lumps have never felt so sweet! How does it work, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. The copper jockstrap has an exceptional fit that cradles your ball bag like the right hand of your favorite whore and makes your testes feel their besties all day long. No more saggy old man beanbag for you, my friend, with the copper jocks no nutsack left behind guarantee. 
If this jockstrap doesn't help your testicles rest at ease, just simply return it. Fucking gross. For a full refund, apparently. So visit our friends over at coppergimmick.com today and put in our cohort glory hole for 10% off this teabag rejuvenation celebration. That's coppergimmick.com, cohort glory hole for 10% off this horse shit. One more time, coppergimmick.com, cohort glory hole. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, I gotta tell you, that copper jockstrap sounds like a hell of a product. I know that uh, you've been using here recently, buddy, and... Uh, I believe that your uh, junk is on the uh, up and up there, uh, from from what I understand. Uh, a little testimonial there for the people? <laughs> I, mean, I like how I'm always the testimonial. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby. Oh, baby, it is time to get into it, Longhorn. You know when you hear them bells. It is money-making time, and we're going to start off in the AFC South with those Houston, as some people pronounce it because they can't fucking speak English properly. Houston Texans, uh, they were 4-12 last year. Longhorn, their over-under is four wins this year. That is the lowest total on the board in Vegas. Longhorn, take it away. This is actually my shortest write-up of all the teams that we're doing, uh, for obvious reasons. They won four games with with Watson. How can anybody in their right mind think they're going to do anything but worse this year? I This is the most awful roster I've ever looked at since we've been doing this. Uh, there's no point even going up and down. It is fucking terrible. Uh, they have, and on top of that, they really have nothing to play for. I've got them going three and three and fourteen, um, but really, what the, what I wanted to hit on before throwing it to you is, it's it's hard to be. There's a lot of ways you can do roster building. You can be bad, but building with a lot of young players, a lot of you know you accrue a bunch of high draft picks. That's one way to do it. Um, you can be you can be um, good and going for it, which is the other way where you're you got the kind of a good team and maybe you trade away some draft picks to try to. You know, finally win that Super Bowl, a la L.A. Rams, kind of what they're doing. But, however, I don't know that I've ever seen a team that's bad and depleted of <laughs> draft picks and, and, and cap space. I don't know how Houston did it, but they're literally in the worst spot that you could possibly be in. Uh, before I throw it to you, what I would do with this team, we're not GMs. Obviously, we're not scouts. This is not what we do. But, you know, we're having fun. It's a podcast. I would trade Watson, Tunsil. Uh, Cunningham, Reed, the only two significant players they have on defense. I would trade literally everybody and just get as much draft picks as possible and do a complete redo because this is just it's, – it's actually sad to see what they've done um, to this franchise. They don't deserve it. And um, 
you know, look, the quarterback drama, that's that is that's a we could spend a whole hour on that. Let's, I'll let you touch on that if you want to, but yeah, what a fucking mess. Three and fourteen for those Houston, Houston Texans. Yeah, man, that's exactly what I got them going. So if you look at uh, Jacksonville last year, right, they were the lowest expectations team in Vegas. And that's exactly where they ended up in our power rankings, and that's exactly where I expect Houston to land this year. If you do do that, that means you win about 18% of your games on average in our power rankings, which puts them exactly at three wins. I'll be shocked, honestly, if they win three, but I'll stick with the numbers, and I'll stick with you and go three and 14 but I would like to point out, and it's the only point I'm going to make on them right now, that FGH was the only, the only people they have been putting out since April when Westgate put out their looker headlines for the entire season that Watson was absolutely not fucking playing this season. And the reason why, because it's as bad as they were last year, Longhorn, they were favored in six games. They aren't favored in a single fucking football game this year. Not one. And just quick look ahead, last year they were favored by six and a half over Jacksonville at home this year, they're a three-point dog at Jacksonville at home. That's nine and a half points. If you look at Watson versus Taylor's difference of eight and a half, so extra point for home field because they're getting it now this year where they didn't last year. It's right where they should, but yet still, we've been saying it since April. Not a single media outlet anywhere in America has said he's not playing. Not fucking one, but you got it from us in April right here of FGH. And why? Because Vegas tells the truth boys and girls even when all the rest of the media is fucking scared to all right we're moving on to those indianapolis colts 11 and 5 last year exceeded vegas expectations and vegas has moved accordingly now this is with a healthy wins i have to say that but their total wins are off the board in a lot of places but before they went off the board longhorn their uh over under total was 10 so what do you got on the colts yeah this is a tough one this this Man, what a tough team to handicap uh, because your two biggest concerns, when I look at the roster, the two biggest concerns are obviously quarterback and left tackle. And, man, you don't want to have concerns at quarterback and left tackle going into a season, especially with a good roster ready to ready to go. Um, hard to really – I mean, what do you do? Like, if you got Jacob Eason and uh, the kid from Texas as the backup quarterbacks. I mean, if, if Wentz is not ready to go, then you're fucked. And then, and then beyond that, even when he is ready to go, what's he going to be? So just a, just a real big, um, tough team, tough team to, to evaluate. Um, you look at the wide receivers and tight ends, it's a bunch of really good, you know, um, good. It's, it's a bunch of good, not, nothing great. Uh, so I really think they're going to lean on the, on the running game again. Um, they're hoping to get, they're hoping to get um, Eric Fisher back at some point to solidify that left tackle position. Um, you know, and the defense on the defensive side, it's just a bunch of okay. You got the one star in the middle with Darius Leonard. Um, but again, the rest of it's just a bunch of okay. But you'll probably tell me it's it was in that average, you know, mark, which is just where you need to be um, to be a good team. Um, again, the biggest question mark on the defensive side is exactly what you don't want to have, and that's the pass rush. They drafted Quiddy Pay. Uh, in the first round, they're hoping he can fill in and, uh, that void that they need on for that pass rush. But you know, again, tough team. I got them at ten and seven just because I don't really know what to do. So many question marks at key positions. I, I stuck it at ten and seven. I could be way off. I could be dead on. Who knows? What do you got? Yeah, uh, I, I wrote that down. It's the toughest team to handicap so far, um, and it's certainly kind of wait and see mode on Wentz's injury as far as their defense goes. 
They were better than okay. They were number seven last year in DVOA. That's really what carried the team uh, because oh, Philip Rivers was average. So, and that's kind of where I looked at it. So, if you look at Wentz last year, by our power rankings and by EPA plus CPOA, he was the worst starting quarterback in all of football tied with Sam Darnold. So, if Ooh. he's healthy, and if Frank Wright gets him back to just being an average quarterback, that would be a huge leap from last year. And even if he gets back to average, he's still a one-point downgrade from Phillip Rivers, who graded out about one point above average in our quarterback ATS rankings, and finished 11th in EPA plus CPOE. So that's about half a win, and that's, again, a still a big if. And that's really best-case scenario. He probably finishes just below average. You do the math, that puts him about 9-8. and eight. I could be wrong either way on this team. I love pretty much about everything about him except the quarterback situation. I'm going to have him at 9-8, and eight, and that's, I think, best case of a worst-case scenario, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I've just, you know, player to watch for them that's that's making a lot of noise in camp is the rookie out of Charleston, 6'5", 225 pounds receiver. Like, he's making some noise. He might... You know, he might push his way up that up that depth chart. It's kind of a player to watch there. All right, we're going to move on to my Jacksonville Jaguars. They finished a stellar 1-15 last year. But, Longhorn, <laughs> we called their only victory week one. And by the way, then they didn't win another fucking game. So, Vegas is expecting a huge, huge upgrade with an over-under of 6.5. Longhorn, tell these people how my Jaguars are winning the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> no, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. And look, damn you, I'm not going to over. I have, we we actually watched that preseason game last week together. Uh, I mean, I watches in quote quote air quotes here because there was probably more beer drinking going on than watching football. However, we did glance at the TVs every once in a while. <laughs> I'm not going to over. I'm not going to overreact from a preseason game, even though they had their starters against the backups and looked like looked like dog shit. The offensive line struggled mightily. It was barely average last year. Um, so, I, to me, when you have five starters returning on offensive line, you should be a tick up, especially when a, a few of them are younger players uh, that you're an expect you're expecting a tick up. We didn't see that in the first preseason game. Maybe we will going forward. Like I said, I'm not going to overreact. They're good in the middle of that offensive line. Guard center, guard center, guard. The tackles sucked. They were not good last year, and we saw, you know, on Saturday they were not good then. If they don't get it together, Jawan Taylor, uh, second year, I think he's second year player out of um, uh, Michigan, Michigan or, or Florida. I can't remember. I should I should know that, but I don't. Uh, if he doesn't tick up and Cam Robinson, who has who has underwhelmed the whole time in his career, if they don't kick up or Walker Little, who they drafted in the second round out of Stanford, uh, he was thought to be a uh, first round grade if he if he wasn't hurt in college. If if two of those three don't step up and just be average like the rest of the offensive line, it's it's not going to go good. Now I love the weapons. What they're doing with the weapons between Chenault, Marvin Jones, DJ Shark. Uh, ETN, James Robinson, like they, they got it going with the weapons. However, it doesn't really matter if you can't block. I've talked about that, you know, over and over that I like building inside out, not outside in uh, the defense, man. 
<laughs> a lot of young, promising players that are just way too young to make a difference. I will say that they made a fancy it, right in the middle of their defense. The DT no tackle position with with Ma- Malcolm Brown, who they brought in from New Orleans, the former Patriot. They should be stout against the run. But if Josh Allen doesn't get any help on that with that pass rush, who they're expecting it to be from. Um, uh, Caleb on Chase on who has shown nothing as of now. It's 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 looking bad, both Steve. Like, let's tie a bow on this. Tyson Gamble, who they took with the first pick in the second round, they're expecting big things out of him. He looked like dog shit in the preseason game. Shaquille Griffin, we know what he's going to be a corner. He's solid, but hell, they they're already talking about wanting to trade um, the uh, Henderson, who they drafted in the first round last year. So this feels like to me a feel out season for Jacksonville. I've wrote down six and eleven, and I honestly feel like I might be high. I, five and twelve feels closer. I'm gonna stick with the six and eleven that I've got written down, just because I feel like the weapons are good enough to spread it around and win some games. But well, I'm curious to hear what you have them at. I've got six and eleven. What do you got? Well, first of all, damn you for talking so bad about my Jacksonville Jaguars. But secondly, Sorry, you man. know their defense didn't have that far to go. They finished thirty first in DVOA last year in defense. So. <laughs> Pretty close to being good, you know. Whatever. Now, they finished 27th in offensive DVOA. Now, here's the... And I I wanted to be high on them because I do love this team and I love the quarterback. But here's the raw truth of the numbers. Let's say Trevor Lawrence is about one point better in our quarterback ATS power rankings than average, which is exactly where Herbert finished last year. And Herbert finished... 16th at EPA plus CPOE, so right on league average. That's only a two-point upgrade from the mustache. You finished 20th in EPOA plus CPOE. Everybody likes to kill my boy. Yeah, he was below average, but he wasn't, like, you know, terrible. And Herbert was amazing, considering the circumstances last year. So to expect Lawrence to do exceedingly better than Herbert year one, with nowhere near the talent around him, it's foolish in my opinion. Now, I think even an even performance with Herbert is honestly stretching it. And the Chargers, uh, they they were favored four points better than the Jags last year on a neutral field. In fact, the Jags were eight-point dogs in L.A. last year when they actually played. So at least at the time, Vegas thought that they were even worse than that where they ended up in our power rankings, and they probably were at the time. And the Chargers won seven games. So expecting the Jags to duplicate that would mean that the quarterbacks would either have to be net zero and the Jags roster would have to be net zero. Then by win percentage, because of the extra game, the Jags get seven wins on the nose. But Longhorn, we know their rosters aren't equal. They're not even fucking close to the Chargers. So given the known, Trevor Lawrence would literally have to be four points better than Herbert against the spread. And only two people could say that last year, and that's Aaron Rodgers, who won the MVP, and Deshaun, I will rape you, Watson, who had the best season of his career. So again, to expect them to go over this total, to me, is a fool's errand in every single mathematically way possible. Uh, I've got the Jags with the upgrade over the stash, with the Shea Will, and a slightly softer schedule. I got them going 4-13, and and that would be a big upgrade. That's three more wins than they got last year. And again, 
There's no way he's even if he's as good as Herbert or a tick better, their roster's nowhere close to where the Chargers were last year. They're fucked. Yeah, this could go root. This could get you know, this could get ugly for the rookie quarterback and people just need to relax and you know So the last point of that real quick, and I know people don't really watch football like they think they watch football, but the encur- most encouraging thing that I saw with the football that we did watch of them last year or last week was that Urban Meyer didn't help the kid at all. He made him drop back, read defenses, go through his progression, and make throws. Whereas you saw Nagy with Fields ran, you know, seven, eight boot. I mean, almost every other pass was a bootleg, one read or go. So it's pretty apparent to me that Urban's not going to baby him along, which is great because that's what, you know, they did with uh, Peyton and Indy. And yeah, he went 1 and 15 and he looked like shit a lot of times. But guess what? He knew how to play quarterback coming in. They handed him the whole offense. And when you do that to a rookie on a shitty team, which that's how you get the number one pick, they're going to look like shit a lot of fucking times. So anybody that wants to shit on this kid early, you better mind your P's and Q's because if you have to coach him up and scheme him up and trick him, dick him, that doesn't last long in the NFL. So I think what Urban, what Urban is doing for the kid is terrible for him right now, but I think in the end he will benefit from it. I, I can't wait. They're one of the teams I really can't wait to watch this weekend in that second preseason game. I, I, I really looking forward to watching him. All right, moving on to the Tennessee Titans. 11-5 and five last year. Over-under of 9.5 this year. Longhorn Vegas expecting a pullback. And again, this was a little bit pre-wins, but still around that total right now. So Longhorn, what you got on Vegas' expectations of a Titans pullback? Uh, you know, like, okay, so full disclosure, I, I don't even remember if I've said it, said it on one of the pods or not, but like, at the beginning of the offseason, pre-draft, pre-free agency, this was a team I was looking to fade, fade, fade. You got Derrick Henry. These The tires have to blow out on this kid eventually. I mean, they it hasn't shown that, it, that it's going to affect him, but it just has to eventually. So this, wanted to, this was a team that I wanted to look to go under on. However, went through the draft, went through free agency, and they just – they're just a – really well run franchise and i can't ignore that i can't let something that i wanted to to have happen get in the way of what they actually did and they and they stopped it so i I can't no longer do that um they brought in julio jones they brought in josh reynolds to to pair up with aj brown they brought in bud dupree to to be opposite of um of um help me out what's what's the kid's name Opposite on the other side is Harold Landry. Jesus Christ, Harold Landry on the other side. So they that guy they probably solidified their pa- yeah. They probably solidified their pass rush, and of course, in the middle of that defense, they got Simmons, who was an absolute stud on the defensive line. They're solid at linebacker again. Now in the secondary, they needed help. What they do? They drafted they drafted Farley, who if his back is is fine, he, he's going to be one of the top corners in this draft. And they also drafted Elijah Molden out, out of Washington, who uh, should add some depth there. Now. One of the other trouble spots that I saw in this roster was right tackle. Well, what'd they do? They're a good team. They drafted a right tackle in the, uh, I want to say, second round. They drafted the kid out of North Dakota State who is used to, you know, this this type of system and, and this blocking scheme. So, they, again, they just, they, rec- they they identify their needs and they fill them through the draft and free agency. They, they're, just, they're just a perfectly well-run uh, franchise. So, I can no longer 
fade them. And um, I actually have them going 11 and six and winning this division. So, man, Tennessee just—they're—they're they're the class of this division, in, in my opinion. Yeah. So your inclination to fade them is—you know—that's because you're sharp. And if you look at a team that continues to outperform Vegas' expectations, which does not happen year after year, except in fucking Nashville, Tennessee, in 2017, over. 2018, over. 2019, over. 2020, over. And not a single one of those years were they expected to win less than eight games. So in other words, Vegas expected them to be average or better, and it wasn't a shock that they were. And I keep expecting to pull back for them too, but they just won't fucking do it. And now, given the fact that Houston's completely falling apart, they're probably going 5-1 and one again in division, just like they did last year. Yep. And they have their three toughest games by our power rankings at home, Longhorn, with Buffalo, San Francisco, which is a Thursday night cross-country trip for San Francisco, and they do play the week before, so there is no bye, and they get Kansas City at home. So even if you give them just a 1-2 and two out of those three, which is, you know, I think reasonable, then all their other home games, not in division, are Arizona, New Orleans, and Miami, all three of which they are equal to or better in our power rankings. So give them a two and one there. That's three and three. Five and one division gets them to eight and four. So a simple two and three stretch versus Seattle. These are all we're going to Seattle, the Jets, Rams, Pats, and Pittsburgh. Get two out of three there. And then, and they're actually ranked higher than three out of those five so give them a two out of three below expectations they should be safely underperforming the three out of five game stretch at two and three and that gets you to ten and seven which is right where our power rankings have them finished historically just over the nine and a half total once again i got them ten and seven and goddamn they're gonna beat vegas once again i always do all right longhorn give us your afc south recap all right, in the AFC South, I have got Tennessee going 11-6, and six, winning that division. I have the quarterback question, Indianapolis Colts, right behind them at 10-7. and seven. I have Jacksonville at a generous 6-11, and 11, probably going to regret that. And Houston, how the hell will they ever win three and go three and four? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got the same lineup, a little bit different records. I got the Titans winning the division at ten and seven. I got the Colts scratching out a nine and eight, and that's big ifs. The Jags four and thirteen. That's is that's that's low board. I like your six win, but I'm going with the low board on them. And Houston, yeah, I'll go three and fourteen just because it's the NFL and a sneaky preview. I think they get their first win week one, baby. But uh, anyway, that is our AFC South recap. Longhorn, we are moving on to the NFC South, and we are starting down south with those dirt, dirty birds of Atlanta. They finished 4-12 last year. They're over under is 7.5 this year, but it's the exact same as last year, but still a downgrade from Vegas when you consider the overall win percentage. So, Longhorn, what are your thoughts on these dirty birds? Well, um, not as tricky of a team as as um, Indy was, but what, what do you what do you 
do and what do you think of a team that has a depleted talent depleted roster and an old quarterback you just really got a question what direction uh like like what's the plan here you know because we talked about in the draft process like you know you got an aging quarterback that you could have recruited some draft capital for what could you have gotten who knows you know like i mean you, you got to think at least a two, right? I mean, probably even a first-round pick for, for Matt Ryan. Well, you draft, you, you you pass on the quarterbacks, and you take a, you know, a tight end, <laughs> you know. So, I just, I'm curious, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what the plan is here because because the defense looks fucking awful. You got holes everywhere. Uh, no, this is the worst pass rushing team that I, that. That I've seen so far, I, I can't imagine anybody being worse. I think this. I think Atlanta will be thirty-two out of thirty-two in sacks this year. So, what would you say is going good here? I really don't know. You're great on. You're great at the skill positions. You know, you know, especially bringing in the tight end from Florida. But the running back, what are we doing? They brought in the offensive coordinator um, from Tennessee, who relies on heavy play action, running game to set up the passing game. I'm sorry. Did you see? Do you see the depth chart at um, at running back, Bo Sevis? It's it's a bunch of um, Mike Davises and, and and bullshit like that. Like I don't see this working at all. I, I I hate the direction. I hate the plan. And you know me. When I hate the direction, I hate the plan. I'm looking to fade your ass real hard. Uh, I actually got to go with six and eleven, which lands safely under. I think you just said seven and a half. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Okay, so yeah, safely under. Six and eleven for Atlanta. What do you got? Well, first of all, I mean they signed Keith Smith as a fullback, so I think you're, you know, <laughs> you're way out of line there on your running back comments. And second, seven and ten. To to say they're going to finish dead last in sacks, I mean, sir, that is a huge statement. They finished twenty ninth last year, so to drop them three more spots, I mean, I just think that you're doing this for clicks. And we don't really need that. People love us. We don't need to, you know, spit all this bullshit. You don't. You can calm down on the hot takes. All right, that's all I'm saying. No, they got, they got worse. <laughs> all right, Atlanta is, is a team who has gotten progressively worse over the last three seasons, and not surprisingly, so has Matt Ryan. He was fourth in 2018 in EPA plus CPOE, fifteenth in 2019, and nineteenth in 2020, which is one spot ahead of Matt Stafford and my boy the Mustache. Two on two of the worst teams in the NFL. And he was only four one hundred thousand or one thousandths of a point ahead of them. So he went from elite to just above average to just below average. Now, the fall last year was not as much, so I expect he's kind of finding his floor. So I don't really expect a huge downgrade for them. In fact, I think they're basically the same team. Their schedule's a little bit easier. Uh, they play the shitty NFC East, which is worse than the uh, either division they had to play last year out of their division. Overall, I could really care less about this team. I think I said the same thing last year. They're fucking irrelevant in their own division, and I'll say they finish 7-10 and 10 and just go under their total. Sounds good to me. All right, moving on to those Carolina Panthers. 5-11 and 11 last year. Huge improvement. And our power rankings from 2019 to 2020. And Vegas recognized it too. Raising their over-under from 5.5 to 7.5. So Longhorn, take it away with your boy, Sam Darnold. Yeah, you know, I, this is just like um, 
who was the team I just talked about that I wanted to fade? Tennessee. So Tennessee was a team that I stuck at the before draft and before free agency. I wanted to fade. Well, Carolina, as the as the offseason progressed, was a team that I wanted to look to play over. Draft happens, free agency happens. We dig into these rosters, or at least I do. You know, nice and nice and hard uh, the way the way we all like it. Yeah, and you do. I just can't. Yeah, it's real hard. I can't do it. Like this, <laughs> this kid, this kid Darnold went from a shitty offensive line to a even shittier offensive line. Especially when you factor in the, what the Jets have done on the offensive line this year. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for uh, Moton on the right side, this would be the worst offensive line in football. He's gonna be running for his life again. He's gonna be seeing ghosts again. Um, so good luck. Matter of fact, you will see PJ Walker. All you XFL fans, you will see PJ Walker starting games this year. I guarantee it. The skill positions look great. Oh my God! You got DJ Moore. You got uh, Robbie Anderson. They drafted a kid, Tommy Trimble, who I talked about the draft process. I love that tight end. He's going to be a, a great tight end in this league eventually. They got Marshall Jr. Like They're loading up on the outside, but I just – maybe it's a bias on my part. I don't know. We'll see what happens if things change in the NFL. But for me, we talked about the Super Bowl. You got to have the offensive line. You got to protect the quarterbacks, even for quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. If you don't protect them, you see what happens in the Super Bowl. And I promise you, this might be breaking news, but Sam Darnold is not Patrick Mahomes. So if you don't protect <laughs> that kid, it is going to go bad, bad, bad. Calls he's fuck ugly. Uh, Carolina did underperform the Pythagorean Theory last year, so that's good for them heading to this year. Uh, but this is another team I could care less about because they won't matter either. And say what you want to about Teddy Two Gloves, and we've said plenty. In fact, we named him Teddy Two Gloves. And that nickname has stuck. I've heard many other people calling him that now, and I guarantee you we fucking started that shit. But he graded out an average as an average quarterback in our power rankings, and guess what? He finished 15th in EPA plus CPOE. Now, Darnold, as I just mentioned, finished deadass last in both, tied with Wentz. So as of last year, Teddy Two Gloves is worth four and a half more points ATS than Sam Darnold. Now... Now, remember what I said, that kind of margin is Herbert to Mahomes, or Herbert, or sorry, Herbert to Rodgers or Watson, and not quite Mahomes last year, but Mahomes in the past. That's how big of an upgrade you're talking. Now, maybe I'm a little naive, but I don't think the downgrade will remain that big because of the coach. I do like him, and the offensive coordinator, I do like him as well, but it's a downgrade. No, There's no way I can make him upgrade. Now, even if I think it might be a net zero, which I don't, just because of the underperforming Pythagorean Theorem last year, they should land in the 42% win percentage bracket, which puts them in about 7 and 10. I think that's being really fucking generous and optimistic. I'm going to go 6 and 11. They could be 5 and 12. I'll go. So it's either going to be them or Atlanta that finishes in the cellar. In the cellar. Either way, who gives a fuck? They suck. All right, moving on to those Nolan Saints, 12-4 and four last year. Their over-under this year is 9, which is a huge downgrade from 10.5 last year. Longhorn, take it away with the Crab King. Well, actually, here's what I, Okay, look, 
I talked about teams that build outside in versus inside out. This is absolutely a team that builds inside out. Their trenches are amazing. Offensive line, fantastic. Defensive line, fantastic. However, if Thomas, Michael Thomas, who is, who the fuck knows what's going on with that dude. If he's not here, this is the worst wide receiver core in the NFL right there with New England. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, who are some of the other shitty wide receiver cores? That Washington. But they're, no, no, they got some talent over there now. That, but, anyway, they're one of the worst. Like, this is just embarrassing if Thomas doesn't play, uh, which leads me to, you know, this is outside-the-box thinking, but what I would do, because you can't put Jameis Winston back there with a shitty receiving core, I would play to my strength. I would, start, I would just start Taysom Hill and just go full – Lamar Jackson, run the fucking shit out of the ball, use that offensive line, use those running backs, and, and, and do that because you're screwed either way. But Jameis isn't going to throw you to any more wins, you know, spreading it out and dropping him back 35 times a game. So I'm actually way down on New Orleans, probably, probably less than most people. I've got them going eight and nine. I think this is going to be a disaster of a season. You know, the defense is um, – it. it they haven't lost a whole lot, so it's going to be much of the same, really, on, on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, the cornerbacks, the cornerbacks are their PFF grades. Let's just put it this way: their PFF don't live up to the reputation. So in the secondary, it it, it did not grade out well last year. They got a rookie starting at at uh, cornerback opposite Lattimore, who had a fifty nine point one PFF grade. So again, his his reputation is outperforming his performance on the field. This could go real bad. Um, eight and nine. I'm, I'm down on New Orleans this year. Yeah, I am too. So here's the thing that's bothering me. It's becoming a widespread thought, and I've seen it from, you know, uh, even guys that I respect, you know, as far as evaluating talent and quarterbacks in this, that Winston will actually be an upgrade from Breeze. So if you look at 2019 – Famous Jameis. He finished at 14th in the league, EPA plus CPOE. And in 2020, Breeze finished 14th in the league. The difference is, Breeze was quite a bit ahead of Winston's ratings. In fact, the same rating that had Winston at 14 in 2019 would land him 21st last year. And that was by far, in 2019, his most prolific season. So if you give Winston the upgraded coach, which obviously you have to, I think he comes in at around two points worse than Drew Brees' ATS, which means exactly one less win from that. Now you look at New Orleans, a team that outperformed their Pythagorean theorem by quite a bit, so historically that's another downgrade. And Longhorn, they went 6-0 and in their division last year. We, you know, I've kind of slightly upgraded Carolina, Atlanta, downgraded New Orleans, but no matter what you think, they're not going to sweep through the division again and them, and no chance they sweep Tampa Bay again. So let's be fair and say they go 3-3. Three and three. Well, That's four less wins. But they do get an extra game this year, and by our power ranking, it has them in the 53% win percentage bracket. Historically, that puts them exactly 9-8. and eight. I think that's fair, and I think Vegas has it right on the number at 9 over and under, so I'm going to go with a push at 9-8 and eight on the Saints. Just real quick, if Michael Thomas, who's on the PUP right now, who knows what the fuck's going on with him and when he's coming back, this is your top, if you run three wide and they go with Jameis, this is your receiving core. Traycon Smith, 
Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris. You feel good about that? I mean, Deontay Harris is clearly a diamond in the rough, just waiting to pop. Uh, I think. Where does he? What? 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 Does he? What college? He five foot six. What college did he go to again? Uh, I think a something assumption. It's one of those universities, I think, is what it is. I think under the under the college I'm looking at, it says assumption. So I'm, I don't know if that means that's a college or they just assumed he went to college. Is it an assumption <laughs> that he went to college? Yeah. I don't know. It it's literally ugly. says assumption. So it is ugly. But he's he he is a he's a physical. He's five foot six and 170 pounds. That is a physical presence that you cannot match, sir. Don't you dare oh, disparage yeah. Devontae Harris on this podcast. Yeah. It, it, draft Deontay Harris, everybody. Your <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we're going to move on to the world champion, Tampa Brady, Buccaneers, 11-5 and last year for the champs. Vegas expects more than the same with an over-under of 11.5 and, and a huge, huge upgrade from the year before of 9.5. And, and by the way, that was one of my many best bets on totals that we hit last year, Longhorn, was the over 9.5. So, Longhorn, pay your reverence to the GOAT, Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I, I misspoke earlier when I said that Houston was my shortest write-up. It is actually Tampa. What I mean, they literally brought everybody back. What's there to even talk about? Super Bowl champions brought everybody back. Their continuity is only going to get better and better. Uh, literally, Brady's age is the only concern, and he seems to be Benjamin Button his way through through uh, the aging process. So, literally, I avocados, have to say. man, it's fucking avocados. <laughs> what? Are, I mean, sticking your sticking your dang dang in a supermodel. I don't know what it is that keeps you young, but that might help. Not, I mean, it would help me. I bet I mean, it can't <laughs> hurt. It's, it, it, it's certainly not going to hurt. So, look, I got them going thirteen and four, and I honestly feel dirty because I really don't know how they lose four games. Uh, yeah, thirteen and four, being conservative. Yeah, the only thing that would hurt a supermodel uh, if I stuck my dang dang in her would it be her pride. That'd be about it. Uh, Tampa Bay <laughs> last year underperformed their Pythagorean theorem, believe it or not, at eleven of five. So they're actually supposed to be better than that last year. They will be favored in all but two games this year. Last year, Longhorn they only lost three games they were favored in, and not a single one after their bye week, which is right around Thanksgiving. You know, when football starts to fucking matter in the NFL. Overall, they won 75% of the games they were favored in. That will put them at 12.75 wins this year. And 33% of the games they were dogs. So let's just round that around to make it 13 wins. As long as Brady is alive, I see them doing that just again. And not so coincidentally, they fall into the 75% winning percentage brackets by our power rankings historically, which would put them at 13-4. and four for the GOAT as they try to run it back. All right, Longhorn, my NFC recap. I've got the Tampa Brady Buccaneers going 13-4, win the division. The New Orleans Saints with the Crab King coming in at 9-8. Atlanta 7-10 and and Carolina bringing up the rear at 6-11. I think I might be a little generous on the last two. Yeah, I actually got all of them under 
your total besides Tampa, who I have going 13-4, winning division. Also, I have New Orleans 8-9 behind him, 6-11 for Atlanta, and 5-12 and for Carolina. What a disgusting, disgusting division and easy, easy win for Tampa Bay. Easy money, baby. And that was all them wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, Longhorn, we have broke them down first to last, and now it's time to get everybody paid. It's time for our best bets of these divisions. My best bet, AFC South, is the Texans under four wins. This is the worst-rated roster in the NFL by any analytical relevance of anyone that does analytical uh, data, and it's the oldest roster in the NFL as decided by their parents when they decided to climb in the backseat of that sedan and make an incredible athlete. Mm -hmm. They have no juice of youth. They have no Mm -hmm. juice at quarterback. They have a first-time oldest fuckhead coach who has already stated on camera he doesn't believe in analytics, and their fan base base hates them to fucking death. Mm. This is an easy under for for me here. Best bets, Texans under the four. Longhorn, what is your best bet in the AFC South? Man, Houston, what would you say you're doing, Will? I can't. I don't see it. Um, (laughs) My best bet in the AFC South is going to be Tennessee over nine and a half is what I've got down. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Again, this team always – you feel like bucking the trend. However, they always fill their holes. um, You know, so over nine and a half feels like an easy win to me. All right, moving on to the NFC South, my best bet. This has actually been the toughest call in the divisions of what to make my best bet. I feel like I should just take Carolina to blow with dumb-faced Darnold, but I'm going to go back to the well with my only over so far this preseason, I think last season too, and take Tommy Boy to go over the 11.5. The last time he had an over this high was in 2019 with an 11, and guess what? He went over that in Longhorn. In 19 years, where this man has started the majority of his team's games, he has won 11 or more games 16 out of 19 years. Boys and girls, let that sink in. 16 out of 19 with 11 or more wins. And now he gets an extra game? (laughs) Vegas has lost to him at a 60% ATS clip on every game he's ever played, and they rarely win on the season total price either. He is the GOAT on the field and definitely in the fucking sports books. Let's go, Tommy. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't do the Carolina uh, under because that's exactly what I did. So we, you're taking the division winner over. I'm taking the division dumpster fire under. Under six and a half <laughs> is my best bet for Carolina. I Again, Hell, you know what? I hope I hope PJ Walker and his um, dual threat quarterback doesn't come in and screw this up. I hope they ride with with Darnold long enough for me to secure this under six and a half wins. So yeah, it's a just just you can't you can't build a roster like this, Carolina. You just you can't you got a you got a quarterback seeing ghosts and you're gonna put a bunch of fucking nobodies in front of them. Good luck. 
Yep, good luck, Carolina. Uh, Longhorn, why don't you tell the people about the fabulous website one more time? Well, they have, we'll have more than good luck. They'll have fucking winning, baby. We win all day, every fucking day. Let's fucking go. All the wins. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, the Football Glory Hole and the Degenerate with RJ Choppy. And of course, find us this fall on the one, the only DallasCowboys.com. People, we are kind of a big deal. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly non-sexual way people stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game let the pros do the heavy lifting so sign up tell a friend and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer and never pay a book again come on god damn it people never pay a book again steven tell it take us up baby